Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Science Faction. The only show where a scientist, a comedian, and a comedian scientist come together to discuss science. Comedically. Hello, and welcome to Science Faction 665, a science faction we're all Asgardian and cancer hates men. Well, I mean, I figured cancer hates men. That or... Men like inventing a reason to get their prostate checked. And as guardian, are, are all humans uh, a weird mix of aliens and gods? And it's never really cleared up in the lore. Like Asgard is somehow a home world, a planet, as well as a plane of existence. They never, they never really like blended the, the gods and space mythos that well. Yeah, I will say this. As somebody who grew up on comics, I was never really sure what was going on with like the Thor story like so wait he's a god but he's also a person and he fights other bad guys but like so does Spider-Man so is Spider-Man a god like it that no. it may have been the like origin of my theistic questioning I guess yeah, that that all gods were the original superheroes that's that was my thing <laughs> I mean I guess in a way it's almost like at the same time they were hawking those like Jesus comic books where he's going around and like healing the sick and stuff instead of fighting criminals I <laughs> In a way, it would have been funnier if Stanley had decided to go the extra step and made Jesus one of the Avengers. Jesus, man. What are your powers? No, just like it's Thor. It's just Jesus. And he just shows up in a robe and sandals and like constantly makes fish and like brings some dead guys back to life. And you're like, this is not really commiserate with what we're trying to do here in the Avengers. You know, they actually never talked about it because he was a pacifist, but Jesus also had super strength. That's, ah. That was also, Jesus could have easily flipped over the Roman cart, mm. horse and all. And, I mean, not quite flying, but walking on water. I mean, I guess that's a form of levitation or something. That or, I sincerely believe people were just that stupid and they did the David Blaine, like, fake foot thing. And people are like, oh, look, for some reason they're British in this yes. part of the world right now. Look, he's, he's levitating, he is. Oh, uh, and if you want to learn how to levitate in your own corner of the world, go ahead and check out our Patreon. You can search Robert Timothy on Patreon wow. for four wow. extra science articles every single week. You 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 either are the greatest segue person or the shittiest. You're like the laziest, or like you or you just or you're like you're like an Aikido master. Like it just makes you make somebody falling look easy. Ever since uh, the actual creator of the segue died. I have been the Segway master. <laughs> that has to do with your method of transportation and nothing else. <laughs> your your Willow net in Arrested Development traveling everywhere. Out of my way, wife and kids. <laughs> oh, and speaking of the wife and kids of this show, I, of course, am your host, comedian archaeologist Robert Timothy. With me, as always, is my comedian, Mr. Damian Mercado. Damian, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing fine. I'm um, I'm the Michael Bluth. I'm the straight man. I'm the, yes. uh, I'm just sitting here, I have to deal with your crazy, wacky science at antics. And segues, apparently. My awesome segues. You get to be witness to my greatness. <laughs> and again, I'm, I'm just taking, I financially, I'm exploited. I am the victim in every way, uh, of, of your Joe Bluth. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But, but it's pretty awesome, right? Right? <laughs> it's, it is a sweet segue. I gotta get to <laughs> People like like the segue. I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it it is a marvel. Like when it came out, I I was a marvel of yeah. technology that I couldn't believe existed. But it's very bulky and cumbersome. Like like not really. There's a reason segways haven't taken over the world. Why that technology? Well, if, you, 
if you think about it as like replacing a car or like a motorcycle, it's not bulky, right? It actually has like a really small footprint compared to a car or even a motorcycle because it's, you know, upright standing and stuff. So like if that is the case, if you were to block up segways and use them as like a single lane of traffic and you could fit, you know, two or three wide on there and pretty far deep and they all communicate, like you could see it work. And I think there's some places like I think Washington, D.C., they're really popular. I think there they figured it out. There's a couple of like urban environments where they really work in. <laughs> That's Mitch McConnell's segue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's like there's some parts where it works and it could work. You could see it theoretically working. It just never did it just never took off right like you still see motorcycles splitting lanes in traffic but you don't see a segway going through and i don't know if like segways had limits of how fast they could go so they couldn't really go on long big surface streets like i don't know what what prevented it if it was legal if it was just people didn't want to adopt it i don't know what it was i could have seen that working like that that makes sense it doesn't seem like a pre- I mean, for the Amer- maybe if you lived in Europe, I could see like or like not in Europe, yeah. but maybe like a, like New York, just an urban like, area. I could see it working. Yeah, New, New yeah. York maybe, but like like a, on a big uh, like open California city. Yeah. Um that's it's not practical. You got to you got to. It doesn't work with freeways. I think like you don't want to be on a Segway on a freeway. It just seems incredibly dangerous. And if you're in a lot of places in the United States, like I don't know too many people who don't take a freeway to get to work. I, I don't know that the Segway technology could ever be as safe and reliable for non-freeway driving as the us uh, uh, um, uh, Vespa, for example. I don't know, man. I think a Segway is more like safer than a Vespa, like by a lot. I think you fall over on a Vespa a lot, and I think it's like nigh impossible to fall over on a Segway. Like I think the gyroscope kind of like stables itself and stuff. So like I think you have a lot of fall over accidents, many of which can be fatalities on something like a Vespa that you just don't have on a Segway. Yeah, well, good luck catcalling somebody while passing them on a Segway, Bobby, because that Vespa was built for that. Uh, yeah, and like I also think they just never came out with spinner rims for it, which was like probably their biggest mistake. Hey, baby, I would like for you to come and jump on my head, causing a concussion over and over again until you get the extra life, baby. Yeah, that's right. Why is this Segway operator Italian? <laughs> because, you know, he's no... My, I'm sorry, the Saudi government took away my Vespa, and now I have to drive a Segway everywhere I go. Uh, the, I, also, there, because I'm in America, there are no pipes for me to crouch on to transport myself to or from a destination. The untold story of this all is when the General Motors had the city of L.A. remove all the large pipe conduits <laughs> to keep plumbers from transporting themselves around the city. Yeah, plumbers used to be the chief engineers of this country. <laughs> yeah, it is crazy. All right, let's move right on to science articles. From molecules to particles, this is Science Articles. Kind of crazy how freeways were forced on us by car companies in the 20s. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had a highly efficient system of pneumatic tubes that took us around. <laughs> and if you knew where the secret dungeons were, that was your secret dungeon. And like, it was like a local secret. Yeah, yeah, I'm from the Bronx. Yeah, we all know about the secret Koopa dungeon through the, that pipe on 73rd and Broadway. Yeah, but then, you know, like the car companies started inserting paid, like uh, unadvertised, but paid stories in newspapers about like rampant gangs of street thugs with their green shells going around the tube system. (laughs) Collecting all the gold coins when billionaires could be getting those gold coins. 
the article number one, we are all as guardians. All right, let's see it. Yeah, we're all as guardians. Then we're all Avengers. That's like something like uh, that's like something. No, that's Homelander. not true. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You've made a, an improper logical leap. You've gone from from one class to another because there's plenty of Asgardian, Asgardians who are not Avengers. In fact, there's only one Asgardian who's also an Avenger. So just saying you're an Asgardian does not imply you're an Avenger, and vice versa, since there are plenty of Avengers who are not Asgardians. I, I am not saying I am not conflating the two. I am saying that huh. why not just say everybody's an Avenger? Why not just say I like see. like you're like Homelander saying to a firefighters, you guys are the real heroes. So there's a funny named story out of Science Daily, which is hiding an actually really interesting discovery and one that I'm really surprised is not a bigger deal, given that I read this on like page five of science articles and was like, what the fuck? Why is this not? Why is this not being talked about? Like, this is actually incredibly important. So this is about the placement of eukaryotes, which is basically all complex forms of life. That's us. That's plants. That's all animals. That's all fungi. Basically anything multicellular. It is all of those things. And by the way, unis complex unicellular life, too. Anything with different cell bodies inside of it. We It turns out that all eukaryotes are nestled within one particular branch of archaea. Now, we've talked about archaea before. We didn't even know what they were. They're one giant domain of life. We didn't even discover their existence till the 70s. But it's basically bacteria, archaea, and us, or eukaryotes as the other side. There's other protists and there's other stuff. But like ba basically, those are the groups of living things, the bigger, broader groups of them. And what they're saying is they've actually traced genetically our entire group of eukaryotes, multicellular creatures, all of those animals, again, animals, plants, fungi, all that stuff. They're basically a little part of one type of archaea. So it's not that we co-evolved and archaea split off with us. No, no, no. We're actually a form of archaea. This is like The Walking Dead where we find out we've all been infected the whole time. When I die, I become archaea. <laughs> well, the, the analogy they use, which I don't know if this will hit home with a lot of people who don't like follow some paleontology stuff, but they say you know, we're, we're basically a well-nested clade within archaea the same way that birds are a well-nested clade within dinosaurs. Like you'll, you'll oftentimes hear researchers talking about like the extinction of non-avian dinosaurs because again we have birds like it's not like all dinosaurs are extinct we literally have living dinosaurs we just call them birds and in the same way that birds are like one little form of dinosaurs and the rest of dinosaurs are gone it turns out that all eukaryotes are one little form of this one type of archaea the asgardian archaea which we only discovered recently hence it got the cool name etc cetera, etc cetera. Now, knowing this, will you now try to claim that so that you're not so white amongst public? Like when you're trying to like claim some POC, I feel like cred, that's more white. You're like, like I'm, I'm Archaea. I'm one. My my great great grandfather was oh, one tenth Archaea. Archaea. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I mean, I guess I could go much further in the future, and I could point out, like I like we've talked about when I that I pointed out to a. a let's just say not so subtly racist ex-girlfriend you once had when I made the point that we were all Africans for much longer than we were anything else. Like if you call yourself Irish, why call yourself Irish? If you're three generations into this country, you're American. Or if you're going to go back and claim something, your lineage was only in Ireland for like a brief blink of an eye and was in Africa for most of its existence. So if you're not going to claim Americans, you should claim African. That would be the most reasonable. And she did not... Did not appreciate that comment whatsoever. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, she was a like a hipster, like conservative Trump supporter, like way before it was cool. Like she uh, was, she she was somebody who was like like the proto type of person who would develop into the 
the red hat for her said, yeah, she was, she would, any, any assault on her whiteness was, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and by the way, it was coming from a, a white, a blonde yes. white guy with the, with the most crystal blue eyes. <laughs> and I wish she felt betrayed. At the time, I think I was driving around a non-lifted Ford Ranger, and I do think that angered her. So, like, maybe I was assaulting her on multiple fronts. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, my dick can pick him. <laughs> oh, man, that should definitely be your autobiography subtitle. <laughs> So here's a quote from the the article. The researchers expanded the known Asgard genomic diversity, adding more than 50 undescribed Asgard genomes as input for their modeling. This analysis indicates that the ancestor of all modern Asgards appears to have been living in hot environments, consuming CO2 and chemicals to live. Meanwhile, HODs, which are more closely related to eukaryotes, are metabolically more similar to us, eating carbon and living in cooler environments. And they were basically... They took a whole bunch of new Asgard genomes, they put it in, and they were able to point to the idea that we, or eukaryotes more broadly, actually are just a descendant of this one group, this Hod group, which came out and became eukaryotes. So here's another quote. It makes sense that of all the Archaea, the Asgards are the ones that spawned eukaryotes. Like eukaryotes, members of Asgard Archaea have many genes with multiple copies of their genomes. In eukaryotes, when genes become duplicated, the new copies often took on new functions, giving the organism new abilities. It was one of the big drivers of evolution. So, end quote. So, we have basically found out that much like birds are nestled in this one little clade of dinosaurs, that we, the eukaryotes, are one little clade of Asgardian archaea. And this is so fucking cool. Again, we are narrowing back to the single point of all life, the abiogenesis event, and we're like kind of hitting these milestones along the way. And in this case, we kind of made the same discovery of being like, oh shit, us and chimps shared a common ancestor six million years ago that we both descended from, only we've done it with all multi cellular life and these tiny little things that live out near like heat vents at the bottom of the ocean pulling carbon out it's fucking amazing and that will teach us how that event happened maybe what was the impetus from it for instance we know in in our own uh, group of mammals we went to having a placenta all those except monotremes and, and marsupials went to having a placenta because we got a retrovirus that ended up incorporating some little bit of dna in there that actually gave us the ability to have internal structures with placentas and stuff like that and maybe there was something similar maybe a virus infected an archaea a long time ago and that's what caused it to change in such a way that went off into a different path to become eukaryotes regardless it is super goddamn interesting we are writing the history of the incredibly ancient past in DNA that was passed down two billion years ago from this ancestor we split off from and our side went, mm, I don't know, instead of, you know, like getting our carbon from this way, let's just eat our carbon and then, uh, you know, fuck getting, the, you know, maybe we'll take CO2 for a while, but then later on we'll branch off and instead of taking in CO2, we'll take in oxygen and blah. All of this is super amazing because it literally tells us the actual creation myth, the myth that religions have forever postulated from, you know, this guy created the stars the earth to like this animal i don't know it was hanging out with this animal all that stuff all those made-up stories we are telling the real version of that what actually happened that made us all come to this point we are currently in okay then let me adjust my prayers then accordingly dear Mm -hmm. ancient archaea please make my dick large or at least of average size Oh, and then what if the Archaea are like some really Zen Mr. Miyagi figure, and then they come back and they go, Damien's son, 
Compared to your relatives, the gorillas and the chimps, you have a massive penis. Oh, okay. So then I probably should go brag about it to that chimp over there. Like he'd be, yes. he'd be cool. <laughs> he wouldn't remove it. Wave and it, it at him. beat me to death with it. Wave it at him. Hey, you know what we haven't done in a while? Let's go to the zoo and just wave our junk at chimps in a taunting manner. You know, <laughs> you're, I didn't know that there was a fucking field trip there, Your Honor. I was trying to for a little species pride. I was trying to stick it to the chimps. You know what I mean? This is about being a human, Your Honor. This is about fighting. Like, this is about being proud of what you have been <laughs> given. And yeah, I did feel the need to bring a dick flag with me because that is, as far as I can tell, the flag of humanity. <laughs> The chimps got to you too, didn't they, Your Honor? By the way, I was thinking, like, we, I was like, on one part of me the other day, we was thinking, we tell a lot of dick jokes on this podcast. That's just a thing. Uh-huh. And, I, and we, I know you certainly participate, but I, I certainly force it on this podcast. But I was thinking about it more from an abstract anthropological sense, you know, like chimps have the biggest balls and they have a lot of yeah. behaviors that necessitate sure. the, the biggest balls. And like, really, and I would say that uh, if you're uh, an alien looking at, at the human species, this homo sapien species, you'd realize that this species loves talking about their genitals a lot. And it goes across yeah. all languages and all everything. So, I mean, uh, while this is a science podcast, I'd like to say that I'm being more human than anybody by bringing dick jokes into this. You guys are trying to create this sterile non-human environment. As we talked about on an I Call BS last week, uh, we have what appears to be evidence of 42,000-year-old dick pendants people are wearing around. I mean, this is this is as far as long as we have, you know, participated in homo sapien activities. It has been dick-centric. Yeah, anybody who had a public school history book and saw how mm-hmm. many penises were on George Washington's face, nobody should be surprised yeah. that, that, that that that's early human, whether it's a hu- early human individual or metaphorically. That's the yeah. first that's the first thing we're going to draw. Yeah, and frankly, us not taunting gorillas and chimps for their small penis size seems like we're letting them off the hook a lot because like like we we, we sit there and we go like, "Oh, look how majestic uh, they are and everything like that." Uh, but no one no one stops to point out, "Hey, look everybody, every guy walking through here, no matter how you may feel about yourself as an individual, look on down." look through the glass and feel like a man, right? Like you, like we, we've bested these beasts. Yeah. And also you're, you're going to have to get good at eating pussy. Like there's like, yeah, let's, yeah, come let, on. you feel good about that, but Hey, the move, the way forward is this. Mm-hmm. Uh, article number two, why cancer hates men. Uh, yeah, I assume it does. Um, because I banged cancer's ex. Oh, because I, I, uh, men turned down cancer in, in a high school when it was ugly mm. before it had gone to college and like really became successful. And yeah. then now that the high school prom, men try to pick up on cancer and it yeah. really, uh, it, 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 it got on cancer shit list. Yeah, back when uh, all those guys were young, they're like, oh, we don't need you cancer. We're just going to hang out in the sun without sunscreen. And now as senior citizens, they're all going, oh, look at my melanoma. Ooh. <laughs> I'll say you'll say you'll say save me cancer and I'll say no. So cancer is just, as we talked about before, out of control cell growth. It's just your cells growing out of control in ways that it can't usually handle. Because frankly, our cells grow out of control all the time and through either apoptosis, which is cell death, like programmed cell death, or our immune system, which recognizes these things 99.99% of the time and kills them, we deal with cells growth that goes out of control. But when we can't deal with it, when our bodies can't figure it out, that's when we call that cancer. And 
uh, I had heard this before. I hadn't researched a lot into it. I did for this article, but uh, I learned specifically from this article that many non-reproductive cancers tend to be more frequent and more aggressive in men than in women. Now, that makes sense. that's not necessarily surprising. Yeah, like you said, that makes sense. That's kind of my, my that was kind of my response. I was like, eh, I think I would, I think I do that to some extent, and like never really questioned it. Yeah, we we have better upper body strength. But what do we pay for that in the long run? Mm-hmm. What we pay for that is uh, is we're the weakest when it comes to disease. Like yeah. the uh, the bench press of of uh, genetic disease, we're way lower. We're like forty percent lower. I have yeah. these flabby arms. I can't inherited even do the bar. Disease, the inherited diseases we get fucked on, like hemophilia and stuff, because we don't have the backup to because because of the way sex linked genes work. If they're on the X chromosome, is like lifespan. That, lifespan definitely gets fucked on lifespan orgasm intensity lactation volume all of these we get fucked over on lactation speak for yourself Bobby (laughs) (laughs) Damien can you think of an explanation as to why men get more cancers more frequently and they tend to be more aggressive in men than women I always assumed it was the same reason we're more susceptible to genetic disease. Uh, Just Mm -hmm. uh, uh, every like the same reason that men are hemophiliacs at a higher rate. You know, Mm, like uh, the we don't have the uh, two X chromosomes to cover the weaknesses. Now, I would not have immediately thought of that as a cancer thing. Right. Because that's not necessarily in my mind. I can't see the mechanics of how cancer worked. I would have put it more towards the whole idea of lifestyle differentials. Men are more likely to be smokers. They're more likely to be heavy drinkers. They're more likely to come in contact with certain carcinogens, be that like asbestos or gasoline, just because they're more likely to be in trades that involve those particular objects. They're more likely to be out in the sun without sunscreen. They're like all this stuff that gives you cancer just lifestyle wise, because of the way our society works, men tend to be around those things more. There tend to be more carcinogens in Mars than there tends to be in Venus. Yes. No, wait, is it the men are? Fr- yes, that's correct. There. Yes. <laughs> so that's what I had always assumed. And by the way, that was kind of the story that was given. But this new paper suggests something kind of interesting. So uh, here's a quote. One study finds that the loss of the entire Y chromosome in some cells, which occurs naturally as men age, raises the risk of aggressive bladder cancer and could also allow bladder tumors to evade detection by the immune system. End quote. So this is really interesting. Basically, as we age and our cells duplicate, they get worse and worse at duplicating accurately, which is one of the causes of cancer in general. But also one of the things that tend to get missed easily as these cells duplicate as time goes on is the Y chromosome. The Y chromosome tends to get shorter as time goes on, but also individual cells within a man's, man's body tend to kind of stop having them. We Through copying errors of the copy of the copy, we tend to lose that Y chromosome rather easily in particular cells within your body. And the older you are, the higher percentage of those Y chromosome-less cells you might have running around. And while you might think, wait a second, that sounds good, right? Because women, they have two Xs, so uh, they live longer. Wouldn't not having the Y be good? We, we found out it's actually really, really bad. So here's another quote. The team found that such cancer cells were more aggressive when transplanted into mice than comparable cells that still had their Y chromosome. They also found that immune cells surrounding tumors with no Y chromosomes tend to be dysfunctional, end quote. So basically what they found out is those cells, those ones that just because of a copying error don't get the Y chromosome, they are more likely to get cancer 
cancer. And when they do get it, they're they're like they don't hold together as well. They break apart and the cancer spreads much worse, making it what we would consider a more aggressive cancer. Anything to get your prostate checked more than once a year, Bobby. Listen, doctor, the cancer is spreading my Y chromosome. It's very small. You better get in there. Bobby, you're 39. You're 39, Bobby. Listen, I, uh, doctor, I don't want to bring this up. I've been looking at my feces under a microscope a lot, and I haven't seen a <laughs> single Y chromosome. <laughs> you don't have to do that. We send it off to a lab. Yeah, but it's always better to have another set of eyes, doctor, right? That's not how chromosomes work. You cannot see it with your microscope. <laughs> Did you wash your hands? It reeks of shit in this office. And we've known for a while that thing about the Y chromosome kind of going away in individual men as they age. We didn't know that it was necessarily linked to cancer. What we did know is that it's linked to other diseases like heart heart disease, neurodegenerative conditions, et cetera, et cetera. But now what we're saying is, no, actually, this deletion of the Y chromosome throughout multiple cells through an old man's body does make cancer more likely, and once they get it, it can make it more aggressive because, again, those tumors then then break up earlier. How much of this weakening of the Y chromosome does that you know, and does that come with uh, uh, behaviors typically found? But because you know, men as they as they get older, they tend to, to chill out a bit, no matter how fiery they were in their youth, they tend to That's chill true. out. Maybe you know uh, they might take yoga in their old age. You know, uh, is that would a, would a guy with a dominating like down Y chromosome experience things that women experience, like empathy, like a full range of emotion, as opposed to just anger and more anger? <laughs> I don't think a few cells in your bladder without a Y chromosome are going to do that. I do, however, think. What's your love language? Is it peeing? Is your is your love language urinary, Bobby? I uh. No, but I don't kink shame anybody who's is. You know, if your love language is peeing. <laughs> Honey, you knew. I just walked through the door like a bucket of piss falls in my face. Happy birthday. You knew. <laughs> I'm so much more empathetic in my later years because <laughs> I don't know why. Perhaps there's a shortening of my white chromosome over time. Why am I hard? My love language is gifts. <laughs> of urine? Question mark. <laughs> really, really interesting because, again, this is one of those things where if you can get ahead of it, if you can treat those cells or get rid of those cells or or know that they're more susceptible to cancer and therefore look at and target those cells when looking for potential cancers more closely, all that kind of stuff. Very, very cool. One of those things where when you find out the problem, you are much more suited to figuring out a solution. All right. Thank you, audience, for coming back for Science Faction 655, where you learned about how we're all as guardians and why cancer hates men. Thank you so much for joining us, and come on back next week for Science Faction 666. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm the only straight shooter here. I don't care what the liberal media says. Cancer is turning your bladder gay. We got to take back manliness in the bladder. The first step right there is injecting testosterone directly up your pee hole. All right, everybody with me on three. One, two, ah! You've been listening to Science Faction. Wait, that's not right. Right.